Hey, this is Wilson. No Jason R. Galvez this week. Uh, I talked to Galvez earlier today. Um, it's currently 11.33 p.m. on Monday night. Uh, I talked to Galvez uh, today, uh, early on. And, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, he, was he was on his lunch break. Uh, we were going to do it then. Um, well, I wanted to anyway. And and uh, Galvez ended up saying um, that he he had to make a call, you know, so he couldn't he couldn't podcast. Uh, and then as far as Jason goes, I asked him to come on. You know, he hasn't been on it forever. I asked him to come on, and um, first he said what time, and then when that once that time came, which was nine o'clock, you know, I don't know. He just you know, he, he pulled a Galvez on me. He stood me up at uh at nine o'clock. Uh, I know I said last week that I was, you know, I didn't want to do the show by myself anymore. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Here I am. Uh, you know, here I am. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I realized that I haven't done a football episode um, all all season, uh, NFL or college football. Um Last time I last time we talked about football on the podcast was uh, when we talked about we talked about the Redskins and their whole name change. That was right before the whole sexual misconduct scandal came out, and that was the last time football was talked about um, on the podcast. So, you know, um, it's uh, it's you know, yeah, I say it's it's I don't know, I'm just in the in the mood to talk about some football. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'll start with the NFL. You know, we're in week 13 just concluded tonight uh, with uh, the Ravens and the, and the Browns playing. It was, uh, you know, probably the game of the year. Uh, it helped that there were fans in, a, you know, in attendance there um, in Cleveland. It was, you know, it wasn't a fully packed house, but it was enough people to get, really give you like that atmosphere of a real NFL game. Uh, the final score was forty-seven to forty-two. Uh, it was, you know, it was a crazy ending to the game. Lamar Jackson uh, went to the bench at the uh, to the locker room rather at the start of the fourth quarter with cramps. Uh, people on Twitter were saying that he had like diarrhea or something. Like he <laughs> he had the runs, and that was his problem. And then he comes out right after the t- you know it was, a, it was a two minute warning. Trace McSorley had been in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lamar comes out on fourth down. But the, uh, I think the score was, let me see here. All right, so the score was, um, the score was 35 to 34, uh, Cleveland. Baker Mayfield had scored on a five-yard touchdown run with, uh, 633 left. And, um, at this point in the game, I said, like I said, it was, it was a two-minute warning, uh, and Trace McSorley was in the game. And Baltimore had the uh, ball at the 44-yard uh, line of um, of Cleveland. So they were in Cleveland territory. Uh, Lamar, Trace McSorley go up and made kind of an awkward movement and went down and hurt himself and came out the game. Lamar Jackson runs out of the the uh, the locker room onto the field, comes in on fourth down, uh, throws a 44-yard uh, touchdown pass uh, to Marquise Brown. Uh, that made it forty to thirty-five. 
Then J.K. Dobbins comes in and runs uh, for a two-point conversion to make it 42-35. Uh, 47 seconds later, uh, Kareem Hunt uh, scores on a 22-yard pass from Baker Mayfield uh, with an extra point made it 42-42. Uh, with two seconds left, Justin Tucker, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens uh, back down the field. Justin Tucker makes a 55-yard field goal uh, to go uh, for the Ravens to go up 45 to 42. Uh, and then on the last play of the game, you have the Browns, you know, with just two seconds left, trying to run a, you know, one of those lateral plays. Uh, and you know, ended up the ball went uh, was thrown at the end zone, or the the Cleveland uh, got it and got the guy got tackled at the back of the end zone, so it was a safety. So the final score was forty seven. Um, to 42, uh, and uh, you know I think um, what was it? I think Baltimore was a was a was a three point uh, favorite, and it ended up winning by five. I think there were some gambling you know uh, some gambling uh, some gambling consequences there with that safety, um, but you know, uh, yeah, hell of a game. Uh, the Ravens go to eight and five. Cleveland drops to nine and four. Uh, Baker Mayfield was twenty-eight of forty-seven. He had three hundred and forty-three yards, two touchdowns, uh, and an interception. Lamar Jackson, eleven of seventeen, one hundred sixty-three yards, and a touchdown. He also had nine carries for one hundred twenty-four yards and two touchdowns. That's the most rushing yards a quarterback has ever had on um, on Monday Night Football. So looking at the um at the north right now, um you have the Steelers still leading the, you know, they're eleven and two. So they've lost their last two. I'll get to them. I want to go through all these uh these teams here. Uh you know, the Steelers are eleven and two, even though they lost the last two games, they still have a two uh game lead uh in the division, at least, you know, in the win column. Um Baltimore at eight and five, uh, and then Cincinnati all the way down at the bottom. They're two ten and one. Um, you know, when I look at you know the the Steelers, uh, you know, Steelers are starting to remind me of that. Uh, I mean, kinda starting to remind me of that two thousand and um, that two thousand and uh, remember the two thousand and eight Tennessee Titans, who started thirteen and zero. This was a team that had. Uh, you know, Kerry uh, Collins, the quarterback, with Chris Johnson and um, Lindell White. Uh, so this is the year that this is a Chris Johnson's big breakout year, and also the year that Lindell White uh, rushed for 15 touchdowns. Of course, Lindell White, the great, uh, the great Trojan. Um, and but it was one of those teams where you know, I mean, the Patriots had just gone. Uh, 18, they started 18 and 0 the year before, so they went 16 and 0 during the regular season, as we all remember, and lost the Super Bowl. But then coming back the next year, that Titans team, uh, you know, they started 13 and 0, and it just didn't have the same, you know, because it was like a really kind of a workmanlike bunch. You know, Chris Johnson was the biggest star on the team, but it wasn't the same, you know, they didn't have a, you know, a big time quarterback or anything like that. Uh, and, you know they ended up losing the you know their first uh, playoff game. You know I I don't want to say because this Steelers team has you know Ben Roethlisberger is a, is a Hall of Fame quarterback, Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame uh, coach. 
you know. Uh, so it's it's you know I don't want you know, to. I mean that Titans team was it was really like the most I mean definitely the most random team to start thirteen and zero, and they end up losing last like I said lost the last few games and then lost their first um, playoff game. So this Steelers team has you know a greater pedigree, but it's also not the same type of talent that they had you know just a, a couple of years ago uh, when they had you know Antonio Brown and and Le'Veon Bell, you know when when James Conner was the, was the backup and Juju uh, was the he was the number two receiver. Um, it was interesting, Juju. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they, they still run this, you know, this quick hitting, you know, short passing attack um, offense. They don't run the ball much, and it seems in that offense that, that Juju's game uh, and his numbers suffer the most. Like he's making the big, the biggest sacrifice. You know, they have a few guys like uh, they have Washington. They have Claypool, the rookie. Out of Notre Dame, I think it went to Notre Dame, uh, who everybody, um, you know, likes. But I, you know, I think I think Juju, who's going to be a free agent um, this summer, uh, I think he, you know, his first two years he looked like a, like a, uh, you know, like a like a superstar, you know, uh, and he was more of a his his, his junior year, um, he was more of a, uh, you know. Of a possession receiver, uh, not you know, but you know, and, you know, some people were really surprised uh, when he came in those first two years, and he was like this, you know, downfield playmaker, you know, at receiver, uh, and you know, he even returned a punt return for a touchdown one time, which you didn't think of him as that type of guy. Uh, sorry, the kickoff return, you didn't think of him as that type of guy when he was uh, at USC, but you know, when he was you know playing with um, uh, Cody Kessler. Uh, you know those first two years. That's when you saw more of the downfield playmaking ability of that he had and stuff like that. And I really think that you know he's kind of in between. Like he's not as good as he looked those first two years. Uh, you know when AB was there, AB had his you know his absolute apex. You know taking so much attention off of him. But I also don't think he's the same kind. I mean, like he's averaging eight point three uh, yards per reception, um, which I think is I mean has to be the record. For the lowest yards for reception for a, you know, a, a receiver who's you know, you know who's uh, you know, he, I think he has over seventy catches. So you know, a receiver who has you know a minimum a minimum amount of of receptions. I mean, that's a really like shockingly low uh, number, you know. But I you know, so I think he's getting that they're often that they're running, it's kind of set up you know like that where he's the guy who has to take the fall and catch those passes over the middle, those little short passes. So he's been a team player. Um, you know, I'm kind of rambling on, but it's just something I've been thinking about. You know, because I always think so much about the, uh, you know, you know, the, the Trojan guys. Uh, but I just think he's, you know, he's probably uh, somewhere, um, you know, like I said, somewhere in the middle. You know, a good solid. You know, he'll probably finish the season, you know, around 800 yards receiving. You know, maybe. You know, but I think he's close to probably like he's not a 1400 yard receiver like he was that second year with AB. Like I said, taking all the attention off of him, but he's also not, you know, just as I think he's probably new. He's probably like a good solid one thousand yard, uh, you know, per season receiver, you know, seven eight touchdowns, you know, you know, a good receiver. But anyway, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, like I said, they're not a they're not a loaded team on paper. You know, their defense is probably better than their um and their offense actually at least on paper. You know, with T.J. Watt, who's you know going to be a, a definite uh, defensive player of the year candidate. 
and uh, you know uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. You know, so they got some guys on that side. They also they have Ben, and they have you know they have Tomlin, and you know when you have a quarter like a Hall of Fame, like I said, Hall of Fame coach, quarterback uh, tandem, you know, it makes things uh, you know you're pretty much gonna always uh, you know as long as you have both those guys, you're pretty most most years you're gonna be you know a playoff team and a contender. Uh, you know, Cleveland had a chance to go to ten and three tonight, and they couldn't do it. Play, you know, played a hard you know the fought game, but they're in good position right now. Um, Baltimore, like I said, uh, they go to eight and five. You know, trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, and the AFC East, uh, Buffalo went to ten and three. Um, Yesterday, uh, who did Buffalo play? I forget. Let me see. Buffalo played. Uh, that's right. They played the Steelers. <laughs> what, am I, what am I thinking about? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so they went to ten and three. Uh, beat the Steelers. I think the final score was uh, twenty six to. Um, Final score was twenty six to fifteen. Uh, so this is the best Buffalo football team that we've seen in a while. Uh, you know, Sean McDermott clearly you can kind of tell from right away that he, he you know he just he knows what he's doing. You know, and Josh Allen, uh, you know, Josh Allen to me looks like a like a like an evolutionary John Elway. You know, um, John Elway was the guy when he first came into the league. You know, a great arm. But more of a great football player than a great pure uh, quarterback. And then as he got older, and he got you know, uh, you know, he, he's you know, having a, you know, uh, Jimmy Smith and Shannon Sharp and Ed McCaffrey, and you know, just you know, getting older and getting wiser, and you know, uh, uh, you know, having so much experience in the position, he became a better passer. Uh, but you know, early on in his career, Elliot was a great, was just a, you know, he was a great athlete, and you know. Uh, you know, at that time, you know, pure passing wasn't as important as it is today. Well, Josh Allen came in as a great athlete, and it's gradually, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't want to call it gradually, but he's made a big jump uh, from year one to year three in the NFL as a passer. Uh, he has, his, I think, 28 touchdowns and nine interceptions uh, right now on the year. Uh, and that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of... of like a John Elway, but of you know of of modern times, um, sixty nine percent completing sixty nine percent of his passes, you know, gonna go you know well over uh, you know four thousand yards passing, uh, and they have this uh, Stephon Diggs, who's uh, fantastic. Um, might be leading. Is he leading the league in receiving? Let me see. But he has uh, over eleven hundred yards receiving. Uh, you know, they have Cole Beasley. You know, they have some good. Some good guys, but like I said, Sean McDermott is a guy who um, who knows what he's doing, you know. Uh, and you know when you have you have the you know they have the quarterback, and uh, and you have the coach, uh, good things are going to happen for you. Uh, Dick's actually he's third in the league receiving behind uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end, great, and uh, D- DK Metcalf. Who's second? Um, Miami's eight and five. Um, 
I like Miami. You know, Tua, when he first took over for, for Fitz, Fitzpatrick, um, I was like, hmm. Because when Tua was in, was, in, was in Alabama, he looked like a, you know, maybe the best quarterback prospect, you know, and uh, it's been said that he was the best quarterback prospect, you know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I heard someone say that he was like the most talented quarterback in the history of college uh, football. I know the numbers and the metrics are, are great. I always wondered if maybe he was, uh, you know, um, if it was more of a, like, you know, like Matt Leiter, nothing against, you know, another Trojan, oh, I love, but where, you know, you have so much talent around you, it's kind of easy to, uh, you know, to look, to look special uh, at that, at that level. But he started to pick it up and have some big, he's for over 300 yards yesterday. On there, he has nine touchdowns, one interception. But he just looks kind of small. He doesn't have the same arm strength it seems like he had at Alabama, you know. Uh, but he is starting to, to, to play better and look better in the box. Where he was looking like kind of like a, you know, that's a, that's a good Miami team. And they have all the pieces. They just need a quarterback who's going to, you know, who's going to lift, um, lift everybody who can take him to the highest you know, level. Uh, like I said, Tua, look, he, like he's, you know, he's smaller than he looked. I guess you could expect that. It looks almost like a Michael Vick. He didn't look that small when he was uh, when he was at Alabama. Uh, and his arm strength has been kind of you know underwhelming to me. But uh, like I said, he's starting to he's starting to look better. Uh, New England six and seven, so you know they're out of the. Um, not that they haven't eliminated yet, but it's you know it's coming soon. Uh, and I've been kind of surprised at Belichick. You know, it's amazing. You know, like I mentioned, Lamar Jackson. You know, like uh, <laughs> you have like you have teams like Baltimore and New England who, would tr- who try to win games without the quarterback really having to throw the ball. You know, which is kind of crazy, especially in 2020. But you know, you know, when guys can run the ball like that, it, you know, it helps. But you know, New England six and seven. Uh, you know, Belichick is doing more talking and like kind of explaining himself and explaining the situation uh, than he ever has before, you know? Um, I think the thing is that, like, you you know, I'll get to Brady, but you see, you know, uh, Tampa Bay, they're eight and five. New England is six and seven. So I think it's just kind of a, a, a situation where, you know, who was more important, you know, it's like neither is quite, you know, Brady's played great and Belichick has probably gotten as much as he possibly could have out of this team. Uh, but, you know, I think it's more so, you know, you put them together and that's when you get the real magic, you know. Um, you know, Belichick has suffered this year from not having Brady and Brady has suffered a little this year from not having Belichick. But at the same time, they've been, you know, impressive, relatively speaking. And then the Jets are 0-13. You know, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, I love the guy, but, you know, when he was in college, I always said he'd either be, you know, a a superstar or he'd be somebody who was out of the league in five years. He's not going to be out of the league in five years, but, you know, if if he were really a franchise quarterback, would they really be 0-13? I know he has the the worst, you know, receivers in the league and, and nothing around him. But come on, Sam, you got to be able to do something if you're going to, you know, be a franchise quarterback. But it's looking like, you know, if, if unless Trevor Lawrence decides that, 
even if Trevor Lawrence does decide that he's that he's not going to uh, that, he, that he doesn't want to play for the Jets I and mean, outside of the you know, outside of the draft and decides to stay at, at Clemson, you know, it'll probably be Justin Fields. You know, I mean, what's the point of keeping a quarterback who can't win you one game? Uh, in the AFC South, right now Tennessee and Indianapolis are uh, tied atop the AFC South at nine and four. Uh, Houston and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is one and twelve. Houston is four and nine. You know, they've both been eliminated already. Um, Sean Watson's had one of the best years you'll see from a, a quarterback for a four and nine team. Uh, but you know. Tennessee, Mike Rabel knows what he's doing. Indianapolis just has a lot of, um, they have a lot of talent. You know, uh, Philip Rivers has been okay. You know, um, if they have, you know, who's going to win the division? You know, it's going to depend on the, uh, on the record. You know, uh, Tennessee has Detroit, Green Bay, uh, and Houston coming up. You have to figure they'll win at least two of those three. Which would take them to uh, eleven and five. Um, Indianapolis has uh, Houston, Pittsburgh, and Jag- the Jaguars, so they'll probably end up eleven and five also. Uh, and I don't know what the tiebreaker situation is or, or anything like that. I guess I could take a look. Um, so Tennessee. Yeah, so they split the season series. Took game a piece, so then it would be. I don't know if it's in conference or uh, in, in in division. Probably in the division, uh, but we'll just have to we'll just have to see. You know, it's two two good football teams. Derrick Henry, uh, man, I think Derrick Derrick Henry's. Derrick Henry could get you two thousand yards right now. He's at fifteen hundred and uh, and thirty-two through thirteen games. Uh, he rushed over two hundred on Sunday, uh, so he's four hundred and thirty, four hundred and sixty-eight yards uh, shy of two thousand with three games left. So that's about you know one hundred and fifty uh, yards a game, a little less than that, and he can get there. He's he's that much of a of a monster, you know. Um, in the FC West, we have uh, Kansas City uh, at twelve and one. Patrick Mahomes uh, pretty much closing in on his second MVP in three years. Uh, they have um, Tyreek Hill, the great uh, receiver, one of the great athletes, and uh, just kind of showy type players. Just fun, fun to watch players that we've that we've seen in recent times. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, I was looking at something. Uh, Barcelona has this pro football show where it had a, uh, you know, a big cat and um, Portner up there. And Dion was on there. And, you know, Dion was kind of making the case that maybe, you know, it was about you know, Kelsey versus Prime Gronk. And uh, Portner, I'm sorry, Dion was saying that, you know, take the blocking out of it, I guess. But that, that, that Kelsey kind of had more. You know, Big Cat called it Wiggle, I think. Uh, you know, Kelsey, I guess, more, more a better route runner, maybe. 
But you know, you know, Gronk has always been Gronk is more Gronk was just like a big beast and a monster in his prime. Kelsey might be the better pure athlete, just like I think Aaron Hernandez was the better pure athlete. But Gronk's just being so big and strong and tough and being able to run too. Uh, you know, but the thing about Kelsey, and I said this on Twitter today, he's not the touchdown machine that Gronk was. Through 109 games, Kelsey has 46 receiving touchdowns. Gronk has 77. You know, so. And it would, you know, it would it would have, you know, I mean, would it have been more if, uh, you know, Kelsey had had a time braided over him the whole time, and he's had Mahomes just the last three years, but, you know, even with, uh, he has nine this year, uh, last year he only had five, and then he had ten the year before that, so you know, it would have been, um, it would have been more touchdowns for him, but still, you know, if we're just looking at it like that, you know, Gronk was a, a you know, it's a greater end zone threat. Um, the Raiders are seven and six. Should be six and seven. They escaped the Jets miraculously uh, in Week um, Thirteen. Uh, you know, good football team, not bad. You know, uh, John Gruden has gotten the most out of Nelson Aguilar. Uh, you know, Aguilar pretty much in line with you know he could end up having the best season that he's had numbers wise. He's just right on the cusp right now. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, you know, Gruden realized the best way to use him, which is, I mean, Aguilar's not a route runner. He's not a craftsman. He's just, he's a speed guy. You run him in a straight line. He's boom or bust. Though he did have five catches yesterday uh, for, you know, to get his 100 yards. Uh, and then Denver's five and eight. Uh, Chargers are four and nine. I don't know how much longer Anthony Lynn is going to be there. You know, it's a great quarterback, young quarterback, Justin Herbert, who's like a Herbert reminds me of like a uh, like a Peyton Manning, but with a a stronger arm and and can run. So what does that tell you? Uh, Denver, they got to figure out their quarterback situation. Drew Locke is okay, but I don't know if he's good enough. You know, uh, it's like a thirteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. He's definitely not good enough. It's like my man shoes. Uh, Shoefly said when he was talking about uh, Pacquiao and Haddon back in the day. He said, goes, he's talking about Haddon. He goes, does the mace still work in an age of guns and lasers? You know, this is, a, this is an age of guns and lasers at the quarterback position. Drew Locke is mace. Uh, and the NFC, oh my goodness, the NFC East, still up for grabs somehow. Washington's been playing the best of late. They're 6-7. and seven. The Giants are 5-8. and eight. Philly's four and eight, Dallas is four and nine. Uh, you know, you got uh, Mike McCarthy, like I said on Twitter, making Jason Garrett look like Tom Landry. You know, having Cowboys fans longing for Jason Garrett. Uh, they're trying to get uh, <laughs> Doug Peterson up out of there in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts just took over for uh, Carson Wentz, who hasn't been the same since he tore his ACL his second year. Um, they're four eight and one. You know, we'll see if, if, you know, I mean, Philly is tough for trying to get Doug Peterson out of there. He just won a Super Bowl. Like I said on Twitter, he just won a Super Bowl a few years ago with his backup quarterback against the Patriots. Jeez Louise. Uh, and then he won the next few years to make the playoffs. So, you know, he, doesn't he get a, get a guy a break? And the Giants are 5-8. and eight. Um, I don't know. I know. I know Big Leonard Williams. The Trojan 
He's having the best year of, of his career. He has eight and a half sacks so far. But Washington might be the team right now with Alex Smith having returned um, miraculously uh, to the football field um, after that injury he suffered uh, I think it was two or three years ago now. Um, and, uh, you know, have Ron Rivera, who's been a, you know, who's close in the Super Bowl and won games and Alex Smith has won games and they got a lot of young talent. So I think they'll probably end up coming out of the uh, the East. Uh, in the North, Green Bay at 10-3. and three. So they've uh, they've clinched the division. So who's clinched the division so far? Uh, just Kansas City and, uh, and Green Bay. And clinched playoff spots are New Orleans, um, Pittsburgh eliminated the Jets, Cincinnati, Houston, Jacksonville, the Chargers, uh, Atlanta, and um, what's it? Uh, so you know we'll have to see. Uh, you know that that uh, NFC, those white seven teams this year. So it's um. And only and only one bye, so you know you got six teams. So an extra team is going to make the playoffs uh, this year. It's going to be uh, seven instead of instead of six in each conference. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, they're still in the hunt. You know, earnestly, kinda, not really though. <laughs> that is six and seven. Um, and Detroit five and eight. Green Bay ten and three. They like I said, they've clinched the uh, the uh, they've clinched the division. Aaron Rodgers having another uh, ungodly year. Uh, almost thirty seven hundred yards, uh, thirty nine touchdowns, four interceptions, seventy percent completion percentage. Uh, and, they, and like I said, they're ten and three. Um, in the North, uh, you have New Orleans. At ten and three, uh, like I said, they punch they punch a playoff berth. Um, Tampa at eight and five. Uh, like I said, Atlanta's eliminated four and nine. Somehow Carolina is not eliminated four and nine. Um, and this this Tampa team, you know, New Orleans they lost on uh, Sunday to Philly with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think they'll be fine though once they get Drew Brees back. They might be. They might be the, probably the best team in the conference. Uh, Tampa Bay eight and five. I think Tampa Bay is fool's gold. Uh, they're scheduled the rest of the way. Uh, so it's Atlanta next week, then Detroit, then Atlanta again. So the Bucks, you know, if they take care of it, they should finish eleven and five, and they should be fine. Um, and then in the West, you have the Rams. And Seattle both tied it nine and four. Uh the Rams on the uh the tiebreaker. because uh, they already have a win over the um they already over have a win over the Seahawks. They have the uh the Jets and the and the Seahawks and the uh Cardinals left. Uh while Seattle has uh Washington, the Chargers and San Francisco. Uh, so not, yeah, right, yeah, watching the Chargers in San Francisco. Hopefully, my Seahawks can uh, take care of business against the uh, 
against the uh, Washington Redskins, because I still call them the Redskins. Uh, and then San Francisco, who's kind of out of it, they've had so many injuries. Um, and Russell Wilson is MVP. Uh, train fell off the rails like a while ago. Uh, I don't know. Seattle's defense is not very good. Uh, Wilson, there's so much pressure on him to produce points every week. That's why you have some of the problems they used to have with interceptions. You know, I don't know. Maybe the Rams are a team they can make a Super Bowl run. And they're kind of under the radar still. You know, it's not the same type of offense and explosive offense that they had when Todd Gurley was there and he was at his you know, at his peak. Uh, but their defense is great, with uh, led by Ramsey and and Donald. Charlotte Vegas still still very smart. So so watch out for the Rams. And Arizona is a good you know up and coming team, but they're in a, a tough conference. Um, good young head coach, good young quarterback. But it's not their time quite yet, I don't think. Um, so that's the uh, that's what that's how the NFL is looking right now through week fourteen. Um, as far as USC, you know, just to hop to the uh, the the college level for a second, you know, uh, they're five and zero. Uh, they beat UCLA in a uh, you know a great game on Saturday at the Rose Bowl. Uh, final score was forty three to uh, what was the final score? I forgot. It wasn't forty three to thirty six. It was forty three to uh, to thirty eight. Um, you know, it's not a, you know it's like a you know I don't know. <laughs> they're about to play in the conference championship game after only playing five games. It's been kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it's good. You know, let's say they win the conference championship and they make a, they, you know, go to play the Rose Bowl. They win the Rose Bowl. It'll feel good. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, we know, we all know what it is. It's not a real season, you know. Um, but, you know, it's really like a setback because now Clay Helton, it kind of just, it, it, you know, I think the LA Times did a, a piece on it. Uh, where they were saying that he, um, you know, his hot seat isn't as so hot anymore, you know, and you know USC could easily be two and three. I think if if they you know, they're lucky that they haven't been fans in the stands because they would be two and three. But I said they're five and zero, oh, and they're going to face Oregon because Washington had the COVID problems, so they'll be facing Oregon and the you know Pac-12 title game. So let's say they win it, you know, it's just it's just it's just you know, I like Clay Helton. I mean, Clay Helton's a nice guy. I took a picture with him. Keely Orr took the picture of uh, the Parastel podcast, but you know it. It um. It just kind of prolongs, you know, the wait, you know, uh, <laughs> before we can get a guy in here who can actually take us back to that, uh, you know, give us that feeling again, like a like a like Snoop's uh, sorry corrupt set. No game set. I'm here to, trying to restore the feeling of crawl from under the rock after the dog pound uh, stopped. You know, stopped the buildings. You know, and yeah, that's what that's what we want. You know, it's, it's one thing to just have a, a pretty good team at USC. But we want to have that feeling that you know, Pete Carroll gave us and those great teams gave us. You know, and you know, Clay Helton doesn't seem like the type of guy. It's just, it's just you know, it's been long enough. You can kind of tell. You can kind of tell right away that you know. If the guy is that type of guy or not, you know, 
and he's not that type of guy. Like I said, nice guy. I like the guy. I think everybody does. But, you know, so it's kind of in a way kind of like a setback that they're 5-0, and oh, you know. <laughs> um, I think that's all for this week. So before I get out of here, just a reminder to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TCP underscore pod and then like it on Facebook. Just search for the Complete Player Podcast. Send feedback and mailback questions to WilsonReportRedux at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. I am out.